With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody. Welcome back into the Auburn Live Basketball Show. Jay Head, what's happening, man? What's new? Living the dream, brother. Here with you and Big Zach in the back. Uh, getting ready to talk about... One of my favorite things on the planet right now, and that's Auburn basketball, especially coming off two impressive wins against Texas A&M, as well as obviously this last game against LSU. So just ready to hear what you think, Justin. I mean, where would we be without um, Auburn basketball? Like over the over the last six, well, now we're into seven seasons, this entire stretch, you know, just everything with Auburn is involved with is football, right? Everybody loves football. And you've got the 17th season. For football, yes. and that's really, that's really it. It's really all you got. And in that same time span is when basketball under Bruce Pearl has completely taken off, and you've got two regular season championships, a conference tournament championship, a Final Four run, a number one ranking, all that good stuff. Um, so basketball continues to be the saving grace while football tries to find its footing. Um, let's just say that. All right, before we get in, a couple of sponsors I want to shout out. First Session Cocktail, our main sponsor. Go check them out if you're in downtown Auburn, right there on Magnolia, uh, right next to Taco Mama. Awesome people at Session. Um, great drinks, great atmosphere, um, booth seating and bar seating. It's not a place you got to sit and wait, so they make a lot of good cocktails. Um, and uh, they sponsor the basketball show, the football show. So make sure and go uh, go check them out. Great place to go if you're in town before a basketball game. Go have a drink there, and then you can pop over to the arena. Um, and uh, and go watch the game. That's a good idea, too. So if you go, tell them that uh, we sent you. Tell them that the people at Auburn Live sent them, uh, sent you there, and, and they'll appreciate that. Go check out Session Cocktail. The other sponsor, GameTime.co. Make sure to go check them out. They're a sponsor of not only us, but on three as a whole. Go check out GameTime.co. Last-minute tickets for not only sporting events, uh, concerts, and comedy shows, and all that kind of good stuff. Use the promo code War Eagle. You get 20% off War Eagle promo code. Um, and then they also offer some, like, um, discounts. If, if you find cheaper tickets after you buy from GameTime.co, they, they refund you, like, 110% of the, 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 the difference there and stuff. So go look into that, GameTime.co, sponsor of the show and on three, and uh, appreciate both of those people being a part of it, especially Session, good, good friends there. And um, i got to get there this week. I haven't been much the last couple of months. I've been a little bit busy. And I uh, just haven't had a lot of time to do it, um, but I'm going to make that a priority. I'm going I'm to make that a priority, J-Head. You know what I mean? It's got to be a priority to get to the bar every now and then, the way it's I going. Hear <laughs> I hear you on that, man. Um, all right, let's talk some basketball. Auburn is 14-2, and yes. uh, 3-0 in the league, sit atop the SEC standings with Alabama. He's also 3-0 in the league. Um. You know, they just continue to sort of do their thing. Nine straight wins, uh, all by double digits. Uh, none by more than 11 was the closest they've been against Texas A&M. It's the closest margin of victory in this nine-game winning streak. All the computers continue to, to look at Auburn really, really strongly. They're fourth in Ken Palm, five in T-Rank, eight in the net. Uh, Auburn moved up to 13th in the AP poll. It's 
thought maybe they'd squeak to the top ten, but uh, no big deal. Still a lot of time. Polls really don't matter. They're just historical. You know, they're good to be ranked, you know, and for, for mm-hmm. historical purposes, but they don't necessarily matter in terms of seating, but it's nice to get some recognition. They're finally ranked by everybody. Last week there was three three or four pollsters who didn't even rank them um, because they're idiots. And so those guys now ranked Auburn, which is good. The one clown in, in South, Southern California still ranked him 23rd because he, um, I don't know, because he's not taking things seriously apparently. But um, Auburn just continues to – everybody, there's just so much balance with this team. Um, yeah. There's there's some guys you can count on for sure, but um, every game there's some guys that you can count on. There's some guys that, that need to play well. But every game it's kind of different. It could be KD. It could be Chad Baker. It could be Trey Donaldson. It could be Aiden. It could be – I mean, it's just – it could be Denver. It could just sort of be any number of guys. Dylan, it could be any number of guys doing any number of different things. You know what I mean? Dylan might score – might pop off for eight points, which is a big game for him. Or he might have five blocks. Or he might have – it's just just everybody kind of does something different every game, and it makes it um, really tough. The story of this team, I think, so far is the bench. Um, looking into the bench stats um, after this sort of run Auburn's on, they're first nationally in bench points per 40 minutes. Their bench is scoring 38 points a game per 40 minutes, which is first in the country. Yes. Um, so their bench is unbelievable. Defensively, they're they're fantastic. Um, my, my my man Justin Ferguson looked up the stat. The the second group is turning their opponent over one out of four times. The second group. That's a that's an insane stat for turnover rate. Um, and it's the second group doing that. Uh, and then Evan Maya, who is a, is an analytics site as well that we check out every now and then. You can go in there and kind of look at different lineups and most efficient lineups. And here's a stat that's wild for Evan Maya. The most efficient lineup with a minimum of 75 possessions this year, the most efficient lineup in college basketball is a lineup from Auburn that features zero starters. The most efficient lineup in college basketball with a minimum of 75 possessions per Evan Maya is a lineup of Trey Donaldson, Chad Baker Mazzara, Katie Johnson, Dylan Cardwell, and Chaney Johnson. Not a one starts. An entire bench lineup that has been the most efficient lineup period in college basketball, ahead of ahead of starting lineups, ahead of anything else you want to see. Um, that's the story of this team when you talk about Bruce Pearl saying, I don't know how, you know, we don't drop off. That's a good thing or a bad thing, right? Either that means my starters aren't very good or that means my backup. It's um, And he's right. It's somewhere in between. There's no superstars on this team. There's just a bunch of really good players. Uh, more more good players than most teams have when you're talking about nine and ten deep. And it's 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 been the catalyst and it's been the difference so far. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, just consistency all the way through. I mean, the way this team plays and the depth that it features, it kind of reminds you of one of those Nolan Richardson Arkansas teams. Now, you don't have the star power that Nolan had back in the early 90s with Scotty Thurman and Corliss Williamson and those guys. Hard day. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got some really, really good college basketball players that have played a lot of basketball. I mean, I think you've seen this trend recently that the best basketball teams – in the NCAA tournament are the older ones, the guys that they featured a lot of guys that have played a lot of high-level basketball 
you've got Katie Johnson, who's a four-year player in the SEC that really knows how to play. Jalen Williams, a five-year player in the SEC, really knows how to play. Janai Broom. Um, and then you're getting contributions from your bench, like you talked about, from Chad Baker-Mazzara, who is potentially the most difficult mismatch or the most difficult matchup for anybody uh, on Auburn's basketball. Him and Jalen are probably the two hardest guards, the, the two toughest covers, in my honest opinion, with the way they can play with their length and athleticism. And then you're just getting really good point guard production. I mean, I, I think against LSU, you got 23 points and six-plus assists out of your point guard position. You'll take that night in and night out, the consistency with which Trey and Aiden continue to play and pick one another up. When one of them has tends to have an off night, the other one seems to find it. Sometimes they're both on. Other times it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's Aiden or Trey. So really, like you talked about, this is a team that just uses its depth to grind you out. And eventually you get to the point where, you know, you, that first wave, you're kind of playing with Auburn, and the second wave comes in, and you're bringing in your second wave, and it's not it's not quite meshing. And Auburn kind of gets a 10-point lead by halftime. And then they just continue to grind away on you in the second half. And before you know it, you're down 20-plus points. Um, and we'll talk about the LSU game more. I mean, I think we obviously let up a little bit in that game, and that's something that Bruce will probably talk to them about as they go into Vanderbilt and then get Ole Miss at home this week. But just really two very good ma- – I mean, two very good games played two very different ways, and that's the hallmark of any good team is finding a way to win – in different ways and having other players that can step up. Yeah. I mean, you look across the board uh, at, at the stats of this team and there is just, there's very little that they don't do well right now. I mean, if you were trying to be picky, you know, they, 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 they still foul at a decent rate. Um, yeah. Their player fouls per 40 minutes is about 18, which is 257th in the country. Um. But, like, that's really it. I mean, there's just so much that they do well. I mean, you could just name a random stat. I'm looking at it. And the the site I'm looking at is, like, stats that you do well in is green. Stats that you don't do well is red. And it's just it's just littered with green um, in what they've, what they've done uh, so well so far. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the LSU game. Obviously, you beat Texas A&M by 11. I think that mm-hmm. was an important win just because of, Texas A&M's recent history uh, with Buzz Williams and Bruce Pearl. It's just a, it's just a scheme and a matchup thing that is is tough for Auburn, um, and so that was that was a good win. Texas A&M's good, by the way. Turn around, and beat Kentucky. Like A&M's not going anywhere. That that team's still really good, and so that was A&M could could still turn it on and win the league. Like they're good enough to do that. So it's, it, that's going to end up being a really good win. Period. But it's also just a good win because it's sort of a nemesis type deal, and then. LSU's playing well. I was impressed with LSU. They're probably – they need a few more weapons. But I, I saw some progress from them. Like, I think if, if they get some more weapons, they're, they're not bad. They 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 um they had some good moments. Auburn just jumped out to that 28-point lead because of the bench and the energy, and they just got rolling, which is what this Auburn can, team can do. The, the waves that they go when you get the second group in there and the energy and the first group at – when they start feeding off each other, and you, they can go through a little five, six, seven-minute span where uh, good luck, and they rolled up to a 28-point lead over LSU, which is crazy. Now, the disappointing part is how does this Auburn team how do you how do you allow a 21 to two run at home 
opponent. That's unacceptable. And I, I don't know, it's not like a red flag, but that shouldn't happen. That just shouldn't happen. Um, it, it was just, it was weird. It kept going. Bruce didn't call his timeouts. He had his reasons, but um, that was the one negative probably from the week is, is giving up that lead and allowing an opponent to go on a 21 to two run in your own gym. That just doesn't happen inside Neville. So, um, but other than that, they righted the ship, won, won the game, still covered, won by 15. Um, I think, you know, they got Vanderbilt coming up. Yep. Tough place to play. Got to win it because I'm telling you, after this, it's going to be a massive step up. Like, after this, it's a run of Bam, of Ole Miss and Bama and Mississippi State and, and, and uh, Bama again and Florida. And it just it just gets real after, after, um, after Vanderbilt. Um, what's, yeah. uh, what's been the most surprising thing? I mean, we talk about the bench. Aiden Trey are playing well. Dylan looks like – I looked up his stats the last two games last week. Dylan played 30 total minutes. So that's maybe a few minutes more than, like, what a starter might play in a game, right? 30 mm-hmm. minutes. His numbers in those two games in 30 minutes were 11 points, 11 rebounds, five blocks, four assists, like two steals. Um, I mean, you, you think about like that just over a normal game, and Dylan's playing well. Um, what do you sort of make? Was there anything the last two, this last week, these last two games? They look good. They won. Um, anything alarming? You like what you see? What's the best thing? Worst thing you saw? Best thing is they were able to win in different ways, and, and I know I think I've said that on this podcast multiple times over, and it gets probably old, and people think I'm kind of recycling material here, but it's it's honestly true. To be able to win in a rock fight against Texas A&M, a physical, physical team that leads the league in offensive rebounding, the way Buzz plays, that unique style that he has, it really kind of bothers a Bruce Pearl team. But from a psychological standpoint, to get that one for Bruce, it was great. And, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I truly enjoyed Buzz's comments after the game. Hats off to him for uh, for the way he uh, – some of his comments and the way he talked about Neville Arena. And then to go into a game against Ole Miss and shoot it at an extremely high clip and be very efficient on the offensive side of the ball, that to me, it, like I said, it shows the hallmark of a team that when things aren't working, you can still find a way to win. And when things are working, you look lights out. Now, you just talked about it. That is the one negative that you gave up a 21-2 to run in your home arena. I think that comes from a team that's still maturing and getting better. You're having to learn to play through. When you get a 28-point lead, it's really hard to stay focused, and it's very hard to keep your you know, I mean, your foot on somebody's throat. And this team's going to have to learn to have that killer instinct. And that's where Bruce, I think that's why he didn't call his timeouts. I honestly believe he wants this team to struggle. He wants to be able to go into this week and put that up on tape and say, look what happened here. You had a team that you had by 28 points going a 21-2 and run. That's unacceptable. And it's right here on tape, and they did it in your arena. That's his way of getting their attention. We talked about how Bruce is an elite button pusher. That absolutely is going to be one of those things he's going to talk to this team about this week. Bank on it. And he's going to talk about the struggles they've had going into Vanderbilt as well. I mean, that's that is not an easy place to play. I don't know why, but it just isn't. I don't know if it's the setup of the court, if it's if what it is, if it's Jerry Stackhouse's style. I'm not exactly sure, but. Vanderbilt has been a tough place for Auburn to play. He'll have their attention going into that game. And you're right, that's going to kill you if you don't win that game. 
And then you talk about the competition level. There's not a team ranked outside of the top 100 in the net in the next eight games that Auburn plays. That's how difficult their schedule is moving forward. I mean, that's just – that's insane, Justin. Yeah. That that shows you the depth of the league of what you're walking into. Now, obviously, there's going to be some separation because there's going to be some teams that are going to win and they're going to lose and they're going to start to fluctuate in the net pole somewhat. But I think three games into an SEC season and, and on the eight-game stretch you're about to go on where everybody's in the top 100 of the net, that's a competitive league. And you're playing some really good coaches. Chris Beard is a fantastic coach. Obviously, you know, I think the world of John Calipari, Rick Barnes, everybody else that you've got on your schedule there. Nate Oates is a good coach. I know Auburn fans may not want to hear that. He's a good basketball coach. We, uh, I might um, not necessarily agree with everything that he says or does, but we're talking about what he is as a basketball coach in this conference, and he's a good basketball coach. Yeah, he is. Uh, Auburn Alvin is at the top. Bruce mentioned that in the in the in the media this week. Said you know he he thought that what Auburn and Alabama have done recently in SEC have, haven't gotten enough of, uh, attention. And it is pretty crazy that we are currently on a um, four of the last six regular season titles in SEC basketball, Auburn or Alabama. Yeah. I mean, ah, boy, I mean it's not long ago at all that if you said that out loud, you, I mean, put you in an insane asylum. Like you're you're crazy if you would have even yeah I mean I remember Auburn Auburn I remember in the Barbie era I have to look up the year but there there was a remember the game that was like Auburn won like forty five to forty you know just something just so it was like the it was a, one of the worst games I've ever seen I mean it was the inability for either team to score was mind blowing um, yes. how far we've come with those two teams um, and and what they've done. Um, but you mentioned the schedule. Here's what Auburn's got. And this is why I'm kind of – there's a lot of good that we're seeing from Auburn. ton of good, right? Mm-hmm. Love the balance. Love the unselfishness. Like the attitude. I think, I think, I think the more success that they, ha- they have with this sort of platoon mentality, the better. I think that, that guys coming off the bench start to embrace it. Like if these games – let's say they would have lost a couple of these games. Right. Well, then, then coming off the bench isn't really fun anymore. It's like you're, you, it's hard to take pride in coming off the bench and being an energy guy if you lose. You're like, well, this sucks. You're winning and you feel like you're part of something bigger. So like, all right, I'll come off the bench, man, because look at what I'm, I'm a part of uh, maybe winning a championship. So winning these games and the success, it's sort of helping hammer home to KD, to Trey, um, to Chad Baker, hey, you're you're as much a part of this as the starters. It's like it's it's equal parts here. So I love the I love the success they're having. I think guys are like buying into. We talked to Trey today in the media, and he's just like, just his words talking about the bench and sort of their mentality. You can tell now. You're starting to see the wins. You look at the numbers, and now KD, Chad Baker, Trey, uh, Dylan, those guys. Um, I mean, they have a certain intensity coming off the bench that is – those are intense guys, period. But yes. you factor in now them taking pride in coming off the bench and like, all right, our turn. And if you're an opponent, man, and, and this second group comes in the first half, or whenever they do, and then, of course, as the game goes on, it sort of gets – it's sort of like a – it sort of starts getting mixed in. It's not as clear cut as first group, second group, but you do have a lot of those moments. But – um, an opponent, and you're watching 
these guys come off the bench, Trey Donaldson and Katie Johnson and Chad Baker and Dylan, and not only are these guys talented, but you're going, every one of those dudes has got an edge. He's got yeah. a chip on their shoulder. Has got like... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, Dylan could start for a ton of teams. Trey could start. Chad Baker could start. Katie could start. And 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 so you're not just getting a second group, man. You're getting a talented second group that is uh, just extremely intense. And and for opponents, it's just going to continue. It's going to continue to be a problem. Where I think, I mean, long way to go. But the, Auburn's in such good shape to win a ton of games. I think the games that are going to that are going to give them trouble are the games where schematically, it's yeah. just whether it's Texas A&M, whether it's, you know, when Kermit Davis was at Ole Miss, there was that. Like, there was always – schematically, there he gave he gave Bruce problems. He would match up, max up you know, he would uh, mix and match his defenses. And and, and, and I think schema- you're going to have to out – you have to come with something that's really unique and really causes Auburn some problems schematically because if you don't have that, all, they're going to be tough. Just the way they're rotating guys in and out, the bounce they're showing, it's just sort of – it's just going to be tough. Vanderbilt's a little bit. They're going to slow you down a little bit. Yeah. Auburn's going to have to play good defense, sound defense for a lot of the shot clock. So um, just I, it's going to be interesting to see sort of how this team maneuvers through these different schemes and stuff. But but schedule is what I was talking about. After yeah. Vanderbilt, you go – after Vanderbilt, Auburn plays Ole Miss at home, yes. at Alabama, at Mississippi State. Then they get Vanderbilt again. Mm-hmm. They go to Ole Miss – Alabama at home, to Florida. That's three more. Then they get South Carolina at home, which is having a surprisingly good season so far, but they're not at home. That should be fine for Auburn. Then you got Kentucky at home, at Georgia, who just almost beat Tennessee there, at Tennessee, Mississippi State at home. So you've got a stretch now where you get Vanderbilt, and then you've got three brutal games. Then you got Vanderbilt. Then you got three more. Then you got South Carolina, and you got, I think, four more. And then you end with Missouri and Georgia. So like the next the next, you know, month plus six to seven weeks is uh I mean it's just the grind is real. The grind is real, and we're gonna learn a lot more about this team moving forward. Agreed. And let me give you the ranking net of those teams you're gonna play. Yeah. Ole Miss, fifty six, Alabama, four, Mississippi State, thirty five, Florida, forty nine. South Carolina, 54, Kentucky, 18, Georgia, 84, Tennessee, 6, Missouri, 119, who's the only team on there outside of the top 100 other than Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Those are, that's the caliber of the teams you're going to be going up against in a deep SEC this year that's probably looking to put seven or eight teams in the tournament again this year. And you got to play every single one of those tournaments-type teams. Yeah, I was looking at, I mean, uh, during this nine-game winning streak, A&M is, is – I'm looking at T-Rank. I'm not sure about net T-Rank because it shows it. It just It's easy to see. They're they're 48th in, in T-Rank, A&M is. Um, other than that, USC was 73rd, Indiana's 87, LSU's 98. 
I mean, basically, of the games we just talked about, every one of them is 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 harder than almost any game in this current nine-game winning streak, other than A and M. So, like, the nine-game winning streak is impressive. They're beating teams. They're playing well. But everything moving forward is is tougher than basically anything they've done during this this streak. So it's just gonna, it's just going to sh- shift. And people need to remember, like Bruce Bruce said it a couple weeks ago. They're going to lose games. They're going to lose games. They're going to lose games. There's going to be ups and downs. Like So expect it. Um, again, I sort of continue to look at the maturity of the team. I think the talent and the balance is there. I just want to continue to see in some adverse situations because they haven't had it. I mean, A&M was sort of close, but, you know, I, mean, I guess it was four or five-point game, but Auburn felt, I think, still had a comfort level. It wasn't tied with, like, two minutes left. It was They had a little bit of a cushion. LSU, they had a big lead, and even though LSU came back, they still were up by 10. And I, think, I don't think they ever got past nine. So there's still a comfort level there. We haven't seen Auburn in a in an absolute, like, every possession matters down the last two minutes. We haven't seen that except for Baylor and App State, and they lost them both. Yep. To be fair, it's the only two games that they've – it's been that type of situation, and 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 they lost both games. So I, that's probably the next step for me with this team is – I guess you just blow everybody out, but we know that's not going to happen. So it's it's when is the next time they're in a game that's just a that's that's two minutes left. They're down one, and they got to win it. What does it look like? How do they react? Who's on the floor at the end? Those are the things. That's probably the one thing that we're missing from this team. Like that's probably one question about them. I don't I don't know how to answer, and I don't exactly know where they're at since the App State game. I would agree with that, and I think. I think there's a potential for that against Ole Miss. I, I don't know. I, I'm not in any way trying to disparage Ole Miss. I just, I'm not quite sure how good that team really is. We'll find out when they come to Neville Arena. But when you go to Tuscaloosa, you're going to find out a lot about yourself. There's no question to me that Alabama is a very good basketball team, and they're playing really well right now. Mark Sears, fantastic point guard for them, and and. That, to me, is going to be your first test where you're probably going to be in a really contested game all the way down the stretch. And we know what it's like to go into Tuscaloosa and play. I mean, it's it's going to be loud. It's going to be heated. Guys are going to be, you know, up for it. And I'm sure NATOs will have a really good sc- a really good scout on that game, and they'll be ready to play. And so, to me, what happens in that game, and that's obviously that's two games removed from what we need to focus on, which is Vanderbilt and, and Ole Miss, but – that, to me, is where you're really going to find out about this team and, and where they stand as far as what they're capable of doing potentially in the tournament and, and being a conference champion because that's on the table right now. There's no question on that. Yeah. Yep, I agree. You beat Vanderbilt, you're 4-0. Take care of business against Ole Miss, which will be uh, um, really – you know, right now a and a quad two game. Ole Miss – uh, is probably still quite too. I know Ole Miss has gotten is is ranked now, but they're not nearly as high on the computers. They're like in the 50s or so. So that and yeah. at home, that's still going to be a quad too. So that's kind of the one thing alluding Auburn too, and probably probably in a few voters' minds, have them sort of holding back a little bit with Auburn is they don't have a quad one win. Um, Baylor would have been one. App State would have. I think would have been one because it's not great. That's a true road game. I think that would have been a quad one. So they don't have a quad one yet. Their their next chance will be Bama. Ole Miss would be a quad two, which is still good. Um, but they'll have uh, that stretch we talked about where you go Bama, Mississippi State, 
Vanderbilt, and then you come back with Ole Miss, Bama, Florida. So that stretch right there of of six games. So after Ole Miss, they put Bama, that'd be a quad one. At Mississippi State, that's a quad one. Ole Miss away would be a quad one. Bama at home would be quad one. Florida away, quad one. So so five after miss after Ole Miss, five of the next six would be quad one win opportunities. Like monster stretch. Yes. Monster stretch. And I don't know. I don't know. They're going to win some. They're going to lose some. I'm curious to see how they go because this team's got a bunch of ability. Um, I don't know if you're an Auburn fan, just embrace it a little bit. Like sure. embrace embrace what's happening. If they lose some, man, just roll with it because they, they're going to have to go through the fire a little bit. You're going to want them to do that. Just like App State sort of helped them maybe for Arkansas. Of course, Arkansas has got all kinds of problems. But um, you're going to want Auburn to just go through some stuff, man. Just And if, it, and if, it, if, if it's a loss, so be it. You don't want to lose games. But um, you you need this this team needs to go through some fire because they've got a man they've got a lot they've got a lot of ability to make a run in the tournament but they're going to have to go through some of that adversity first. What are you looking forward to? So you got Van, we got Vanderbilt uh, on the road, Ole Miss at home in the next week before we meet again. Um, I think the computers have got deciding favor against Vanderbilt. The, the T ranks got Auburn winning that game, eighty two to sixty four. Mm-hmm. They've got them beating Ole Miss eighty four to sixty nine. Um, now Vanderbilt slows it down a little bit. So if, if, if Auburn shoots well, they're going to beat Vanderbilt. If they don't, that game's going to be slow and it's going to be close. And you're going to be like, how is this such a close game? Ole Miss will be interesting because Chris Beard and that style, I feel like could, I don't know if he's got the horses to cause Auburn problems, but that, that sort of style, you think back to Chris Beard at Texas Tech and stuff and, um, that style could. And then of course the emotions of that with, with the Flanagans and, and Bruce and stuff will be really interesting as well. But what's sort of your take on, uh, on Vanderbilt and, and Ole Miss these next, uh, next two games? Do you see any, um, red flags? Anything that you're like, Auburn better watch out because this thing could sneak up? Or is the, are these two more games that Auburn, if they stay focused, there shouldn't be any issues? I think to me it's staying focused. That's exactly what you just said because here's the thing. We do need to shoot the ball cleanly when we go into Vandy because they do muddy things up. That's the way Jerry Stackhouse plays. There's a, you know, I mean, they're rough and tumble bunch. They made it ugly against Alabama, who's a very good basketball team. Mm -hmm. So you want to see Auburn play clean as they go into Nashville. And obviously I'm going to be intrigued to the matchup with the, uh, the Lawrence kid who obviously Auburn recruited this time last year versus Chad Baker-Mazzaro when they get matched up against each other. I kind of want to see that a little bit. So I'll be looking forward to that one. Um, and then Ole Miss. Like you talked about, they're a team that's ranked in the top 25. They're 56 in net. So that's why I'm saying I'm not exactly sure how good they truly are. But they've got some good pieces. I mean, the Morrell kid's a very good player. Obviously, Alan Flanagan is having a pretty good year. They've got Musa Cisse, who's a very good center that could be problematic for Auburn. So there's some pieces on that team, and I think they got a transfer from Georgetown too, which is a kid that Auburn recruited from the transfer portal. He was initially out of LSU, went to Georgetown. Oh, yeah. And, then, Murray. and I got Jamari and Sharp, I think, leads the league in blocks too for that. That's correct. So they've got some interesting pieces to that team. To me, it's more about who they've played at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a good win against Memphis, who I think uh, Anthony Hardaway's put together a solid program there. So we'll see. Uh, but you get them in Neville, so I like that matchup for us. But it's staying focused, playing clean, making sure that you don't turn the ball over or, or underestimate someone. You want to see Auburn take everybody they play seriously. You don't want them to be looking forward to anybody or 
underestimating an opponent because in this league, you know, on an even night, you can get popped. Now, I don't think that's going to happen against Vanderbilt, but if you're not focused against Ole Miss, they've got enough on that team to, to win a Neville Arena. Do I think they're going to do it? No, but let's see how it all shakes out. Let's play up to expectation and do what you're capable of doing. Yeah, I agree. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a uh, interesting week. Auburn's won five of the last six against Vanderbilt. Before that, they had lost. This is wild. Before the last five five of six streak Auburn's got against Vanderbilt, they had lost thirteen straight, and and they had lost actually seventeen of eighteen. So they had lost seventeen of eighteen to Vanderbilt, um, and then turned it around over the last six. Of course, they lost last year, uh, and their most recent trips to Vanderbilt have been tough. They lost last year. The trip before that, they won by four. Yes. And then the trip before that, I think they won by 11, but it was close. I think it was the final 14. They won by 11, but it was, you know, it was it was a close game. So when Auburn's gone up there and then before that, you you got a bunch of losses. So there's not a time in, in any recent memory where they've gone up there and taken care of business and walked out with some kind of 15-point win. It just hasn't happened. might happen Wednesday night, um, but it hasn't happened uh, – yeah, and Vanderbilt, for all their struggles, got into SEC play, lost to Bama by, like, three, lost to LSU by, like, eight, and um, lost to Ole Miss by, I think, 11, but that game was was, was pretty close at, at points, too. So um, they also have, like, a two-point loss at Memphis, Vanderbilt does. So they, Vanderbilt has shown that they're capable of, of hanging in there. Yep. Um, we'll see how they handle themselves against Auburn, and then Ole Miss will be – I mean, just really, really weird seeing, seeing Al come back in a different jersey, seeing West come back, that'll be, you know, I'm curious to see how Auburn fans react. I'm sure it's just, you know, hey, you're the opponent. I'm sure Al will get booed some. Um, that's just part of it. Not like he did anything wrong. Um, no, so that'll be a big one for – that'll be a big one for Bruce. I'm going to tell you, he is going to want to win that one um, in a in a big way, in a big way. Um as those guys come back. And so even some players on Auburn's team, obviously they know guys like Jalen and um, so Chris Moore, they, they were around Al for years. So that'll be really, really interesting to see that matchup. But Auburn's got a chance to go 2-0, and got a chance to be 16-2 and and 5-0, and and then things get cranked up. But that would be an awesome start. You start 5-0, and you set yourself up well, and now the grind starts, and you've given yourself a little bit of a cushion because you know you're going to lose some games, and then they, everybody's going to lose some games. But I think you've built a, a good little cushion there to get going. So – We'll see, man. It's going to be another fun week. Auburn basketball. Make sure at auburnlive.com. Check it all out. Um, still got football stuff going on, recruiting stuff, but basketball's heating up as well as this team tries to, to make a run for another SEC regular season championship. We'll see if they can do it. All right, Jay Head, let's get out of here, man. Just get out of here, Hoke. And guys, tune in next week, but looking forward to a solid week of, uh, of SEC basketball. And like you said, stay plugged in for what Justin reports next. I'm sure we should have something on the coaching news here relatively soon. Um, <laughs> but let's, let's celebrate Bruce on this podcast, what he's accomplished at Auburn, and, and hopefully we've got two wins we can talk about next week. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, And by the way, I should have mentioned he's in second place now alone passes Cliff Ellis for all-time wins as an Auburn basketball coach. He's at 187. Uh, he'll pass Joe Leaves next season. Joe Leaves is at 213. Obviously you're not going to, you're not going to rack up uh, 26 more wins this year, um, but, but you'll pass it next year. Um, no reason, no reason uh, they won't. So next season sometime we should be celebrating Bruce Pearl as the all-time winningest basketball coach in Auburn history. And I think he'll do it in like, See, next year will be 11. I think that'll be – I think he'll pass Eves in three full less seasons, something like that. Um, 
or, or, you know, maybe even more. I think, I think Eves did it in like 14 years and next year will be 11 for Brews. So, well, really that'd be three plus. It might be three plus seasons less to, to pass it. So, uh, put his name on the court. Just do it. Do it after the game. Just, you know, just show up next home game with his name on the court. Just make it happen. Um, all right, let's roll. Thanks to Session Cocktail. Appreciate them being a part of the show, um, as well as GameTime.co, all our good sponsors. Um, we'll be back next week. Auburn basketball, trying to go to 2-0. and I think they're going to do it. All right, people. We'll see you at AuburnLive.com. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.